It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 807, 35 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful in your landscape with your flowers, with your shrubs and your trees, with critters that might be coming into your attic. If you have questions about any of that kind of stuff, 404-872-0750. get you in to ask a question this morning, or you could dial our contest line, which I will repeat in just a second. It's completely different from our question answering line because we have the WSB McDonald's weekend prize pack and Ashley Frasca will give us the number of the caller who will win the following a four pack of tickets to the Greater Atlanta RV show March the 6th through the 8th at the Georgia Royal Congress Center and a family four pack of tickets to see the Gwinnett Gladiators versus the South Carolina Stingrays on March the 13th at the arena at Gwinnett Center who wins these valuable prizes, Ms. Fresco? Caller number five. Caller number five to 404 740 404-741-0750 to get your chance at winning the WSB McDonald's Weekend Prize Pack. Susan in Atlanta joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Susan, good morning. Susan? Um, I, I have um, had a bunch of trees removed from my yard, uh-huh. so now I have all this great sunshine oh great and um i'm eventually going to be doing some some landscaping you know some serious landscaping here and so i just want to put some bermuda seed down mm-hmm. for the time being till i tear it up again Got it. and um so i'm just wondering now that i have like great sun are there some kinds of bermuda seed or blends that work better for this part of the south let me ask a couple, down. a couple of questions before we get into that. Is what happened to the tree stumps? What did you do with them? They were all ground out. All right. And so you got little piles and sometimes big piles of chips and dirt. Yeah, and, and I put some uh, fertilizer on them, but I realized it really probably won't work much until um, it starts getting warmer. But I'm keeping them wet. Good, 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 good. All to the good. Keep that. Keep those chips decomposing there with ten, the fertilizer. Ten, ten. Yep, does works just fine. Um, yes, there are Bermuda seeds that grow well here. Um, most of the garden centers that I see sell what's called common Bermuda seed, which is nothing that looks great. It's not a real deep green, but it grows very aggressively. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't have any worries about Bermuda getting to, into your flower beds, you would get common Bermuda. Uh-huh. Sahara is a variety that's a little bit greener and maybe a little more well-behaved. Princess, How do you spell it? S-A-H-A-R-A. Sahara. Oh, it's like Sahara Desert. Yeah. Okay. Um, there is a seeded... Uh, Bermuda that really looks good. If you, you're probably going to find it online. I don't think the nurseries around here carry it. Called Princess Princess Seventy Seven, and Princess okay. Seventy Seven Bermuda seed. Boy, oh boy, does it look good. Okay. Yeah. So if you can find some online, that's what I would use. But you can't plant it now. You do not no. plant anything now. Wait till no. May till it's warm. Yeah, Wait I'm just starting anything. to do my research right okay. now. I'm going with Princess 77. There may be, Princess has been out for about 10 years, and so there may be some more that are in that sort of same line, that breeding program that you may find. But yeah. if it says kin to or developed from Princess okay. 77, it'll probably look pretty good. Great. Thank you. I'll take some pictures of it All as right. I get it going. That would be great, Susan. Thanks, Thanks. for calling. Bye. 
We got uh, Martha in Madison, Georgia, over in Morgan County, joining us. Hey, Martha. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I want to know how close to a septic tank I can plant crepe myrtle or other small tree type things. Mm-hmm. So it's near the tank, not the drain field, not the field. No, not the leach field. The, the and when tank. you say close, are you talking two feet away or twenty feet away? Twenty. I think crepe myrtle is going to be great, and you don't need to do anything. Okay, super. Now then, if I were doing smaller shrubs, yeah. could I get a little closer? I think azaleas and what, Indian hawthorn and most shrubs are not going to have very invasive roots into just the openings and closings right there by the tank for your um, for your tile that goes out into the drain field. I think you'd be fine to get up as close as five to eight feet maybe from the uh, – Tank, it should be fine. You can That'll make me perfectly set. happy. All right. I, I am glad I made you happy, Martha. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thanks for calling. Mm-hmm. Bye. By the way, I don't mention this very often, but if you want to go to my website and look up plants that do well in certain places, plants that can tolerate a lot of water, tolerate a lot of shade, plants that trees that have flowers on them, plants for fragrance, I have plant lists on my website. And just go to WalterReeves.com. And uh, one of the tabs that you can click on and pull down is about landscape plants. And look for the plant list website. And I've just got all sorts of plant lists that you can see and maybe choose one or two or three from those for for your landscaping project at WalterReeves.com. Reese is in Bedrock. Is that where uh, the Simpsons, not the Simpsons, but the Flintstones live? Hey, Reese, good morning. Good morning. Where is Bedrock, Reese? It is near Due West. And that is in what part of the state? (laughs) It's in Cobb County. I don't believe I've ever known there was a place called Bedrock. And I swear, I thought that was Flintstones, that you were just kidding me. But there is No, no, it's not Bedrock. It's Red Rock. Red Rock. Oh, Red Rock. Ashley Frasca, it is Red Rock, not Bedrock. Ashley, okay, we'll make sure she spells it right from now on. Uh, Red Rock. All right. Well, good enough. In Cobb County, we can take that from you. What do you need, Reese? How can we help this morning? I'm moving out of state, uh-huh. but I hope you will help me even though I'm moving to Tennessee. We are going to miss you so bad. Oh, I'm going to miss listening to you, but I'll try to get it. Get the um, podcast, yeah. go online, you can yeah, still do exactly. that. Exactly, thank you. Okay, we had a really bad ice storm up there, and I had two mature oak trees mm-hmm. that got uh, killed. But the limbs got weighted down with ice, oh, and it yeah. all broke off, so the trees have to come down. Okay. So now, instead of the shade garden that I had planned for putting under there, <laughs> I'm going to have a lawn. But the roots from the tree had grown above the ground level, yeah. the way that maple tree roots also do. So I want to know if there is a way, when we get the trees cut down, of putting something on the the stump before it's ground or uh, after it's ground or ignore the stump altogether. I just want to get those roots out of the way if I can. The house and the patio are a little bit below, just yeah. inches, below current ground level, so I don't want to put a bunch of topsoil on the top of it if I can avoid that. I think well, that the... The ultimate way to get rid of those roots that are on top of the ground is simply to pay the stump grinder guy that you're inevitably going to have to hire to get the stump uh-huh. out of the ground and uh-huh. to say, start with the roots, get them down below ground level with your grinder machine, and then attack the stump over here. There's no chemical or anything you can inject into okay. the stump or the okay. roots that makes them decompose. Perfect. All right. 
Thank right. you very much. And I will look on your website for plants uh, in the sunshine. Plants that do, yeah, right now you got the sunny bed now you didn't expect you were going to have. That's sunny right. Sunny bed. Well, Reese, that's... have fun in Tennessee. We'll miss you until you come back. Thank you. I do want to ask one question about a previous response that you gave. What was that? It was about the Princess 77 Bermuda. I really don't like Bermuda because of the way it spreads. I wanted yeah. to put zoysia there. Yeah. But if I can't afford zoysia uh, sod after I have the trees cut down, mm-hmm. um, then will that is that princess better behaved so it doesn't spread all over the entire world? Uh, the seeded zoysia that you can find most readily no. is called uh, zenith zoysia. And so you could conceivably plant zenith zoysia instead of your Bermuda out there if you wanted to. It'll do fine in full sun. Okay, would you? I, I wasn't planning on using seeded zoysia oh. uh, just because I didn't know how to take care of it well enough and, uh-huh. until it grows. But what did you say the name of that is? Zenith. Like the zenith of your experience is zenith zoysia. Okay, got it. Got it? Okay. All right. Zenith seeded zoysia. Thank you so much. Thanks, and I Reese. I'll continue listening to okay. you. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. It's eight fifteen. Ellen, is it Ellen or Eileen? I think it's Ellen in Woodstock. Joins us in Lawn and Garden. Hey, Ellen. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Walter. I have a question for you. I have amaryllis in pots. That what I did this last winter was I left them in a big, huge cardboard box yeah. with styrofoam and blankets over it <laughs> to weather and sort of stay dormant all winter. They were in this box since last November. We opened it up yesterday for the first time Mm -hmm. and what i found is the tops of the amaryllis maybe about an inch and a half down from the top of course i've cut off all the long stalks before i put them in the box but i left about maybe about two inches on the top of each bulb was a little brown and mushy but the bulbs themselves still felt kind of firm and i was just wondering would you recommend at this point leave the box open, leave them out on my front porch, let them get some sun and whatever heat we mm. may get. Uh, I, the problem was I didn't want to bring them in my house last winter. Uh, All I, right, let's, so I, let's get started with the, with the brown and mushy part that you talked about earlier. Is it yeah. brown and mushy around where the leaves come out of the top of the bulb? It, exactly. It's the part that was cut off where I cut off all the tall thin leaves yeah. that amaryllis get. My guess is that brown and mushy stuff may be some sort of bulb rot that's going to continue to devour the bulb, and okay. by the time it's warm enough outdoors to plant the amaryllis outside, you're just going to have a fistful of goo in the box there. Um, here's what I think I would do. Check them again. Make sure that they are firm and try to separate the bulbs that have any mushy stuff around the top of it. Separate those from the bulbs that don't have any mushy stuff. You don't want to get that same goo on all the bulbs because then they'll all be infected and then you've got nothing. And I would not put them out on the front porch. I think just leave them in in a basement or someplace that's dry. Maybe put some I don't know, crumpled up newspaper around them to absorb any juices that come out. And I would not plant them until the first week of May outside. You need real warm soil before you're planting or transplanting or moving around amaryllis bulbs. And that's what I would do is just wait till May and plant them outdoors. Well, you see, the thing is, I never plant them in the ground. I always leave them in the pot. Um, Well, even so, you take the pot out. Then don't take the pot out until the first week in May. Oh, okay. So at this point, you don't think there's any chance... Even if I cut off or trim off some of the brownish 
mushy stuff. Yeah. Uh, the weather's still too cold for them oh, yeah. to come out of dormancy. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Too cold, too cold, too cold. It's going to be freezing. I'm sure Mr. Mellish is going to tell us when it's going to be freezing next, but it's going to be sometime between now, the end of February, and the 1st of May. So, yeah, I do not think it'd be a good idea to put them in their pots outside until we know we're going to have at least 40, 50 degrees maybe at night. When Kirk starts to say it's going to be 50 degrees tomorrow night and it's going to get warmer this week, then you're fine to put them outside. Thanks for calling, Ellen. i got to get out of here. It's 818. You're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Ashley and Scott have agreed that today would be a good day to mow your monkey grass. If you need to get the monkey grass back out of the tattered state that it's in right now, mow it down to about two inches high, and within, I don't know, three, four weeks, it's going to look gorgeous, nice and green, and look the way it's supposed to. Quick weather update, of course. It's going to be about the same, blah, blah, blah. Upper 40s this afternoon and then the lower 30s this evening, so not much temperature change, sort of a not anything to the extremes today at all. But that's what you have to look forward to, a good time again to mow your monkey grass. Full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Rob is out in Canton, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Rob, good morning. Good morning, Walter. I'm depressed looking out in my backyard, and I was hoping you could help cheer me up. Uh-huh. Uh, we had a pretty good <laughs> ice storm uh, last week, sure. and all my beautiful pine trees are leaned over and weighted down and droopy, mm. and I'm just curious if you think once things dry out and uh, warm up yeah. in the spring, they'll straighten back up or not. How big, how tall, what's the size on the pines? They're all kind of small to medium-sized. They're they're maybe eight to ten years old. Okay, so the base is about three inches thick or four, five, I'd, six? How many? I'd say about three to four, yeah. More than likely, they're going to they're gonna straighten back up again. And, and a lot of this all depends on how great was the weight of ice and how many degrees down did they lean and, you know, a lot of variables that we really can't determine a lot of them, by waiting and seeing. Yeah, a lot of them leaned over enough where the top was actually touching the ground. Wow. And now that the ice has come off, they've kind of straightened up a little bit, but mm. they've still got a good 45-degree curve in them. They're small so, enough at three or so inches in diameter. They're small enough that they still have a lot of growth left in them. In other words, for the next 20 or 30 years, they're going to be in your yard, and they're going to get thicker and bigger, and the trunk is going to get stronger. This might be one of the very few occasions where I say get a padded rope and put it around the trunk of the tree about 10 feet up and then pull it to a stronger tree, uh, hopefully straight up and down pine tree or something in the landscape that you can guy it back up again. Even maybe a ground anchor that you guy it back up to and leave it in place for at least a year. It takes about a year for a tree to correct the lean or the you know, malformation of the trunk. So you got to leave these guys up for at least a year, the guy wire, the guy rope, whatever, and it needs to be very well padded around the trunk of the pine tree. But you may be better off to do that than to be looking at 45-degree pines for the next <laughs> 15 or 20 years. Well, it's that or cut them down, and it yeah. probably look worse cutting them down. All right, then All try right. it. Well, 
Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. And let us know, you know, six months from now, saying, you know, I need to tell Walter how this worked out. Either it did or it didn't. We're going to find out, Rob. So if it works, great. Call me. If it doesn't work, great. Call me and let me know about that. Thanks for calling, Rob. It's 828. You're listening to Lawn and Garden. Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 836 and 36 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves at Georgia Gardener, and I'm here with a telephone wide open for you to call 404-872-0750. Any question about your trees, your shrubs, your lawns, your flowers, or critters inside the house, all that freely answered right here while you wait. But right now it's 835. That means that my friend Mickey Gasway has dialed in to tell us what is the pike pick for the weekend. Hey, Mickey, good morning. Hey, how are you, Walter? I am... Thinking about Ashley Frasca, who goes to Pike Pick not or goes to Pike Nurseries not to buy plants, but just to watch the video of the squirrels on the bird feeder. <laughs> she said that she and her mother watched that for 15 minutes the other day and ended up buying plants. Sure, but they really enjoyed the video of the squirrels on the bird feeder. And today would be a good day to buy them because the. Uh, bird feeders in the houses are 20 percent oh, off. that's awesome. That's fabulous. And <clears throat> do they have the video at every store or just the I ones think that... so. Yeah, we've had that video for years. Yeah, Droll Yankee is the brand name yeah. of these uh, spinner kind of things and, and it plate kind of thing. And they work right. Well. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Well, that's not the pike pick. 20 percent off of bird houses and feeders and things at pike pick. Well, that's not the pike. That's at pike nurseries, I should have said. But that is not what the pike pick is this weekend. And the pike stick is ta dum ta dum <laughs> apple trees. I mean, I'm sorry, all the fruit trees. All the fruit trees: all apple, fruit trees. peach, pear, plum. Apples, peaches, pears, plums. I told a guy earlier that he needed to stick around and listen to the show this morning because he wanted to, I believe, spray his peach trees. And I said, we're going to have something on sale today that might be good for other people needing some fruit trees in the yard. So, here's the question. Will you also put the fungicide that people need to spray their peach trees on sale <laughs> no, as well? I'm afraid not, but you do need to do it, and, yeah. and we all know that. That's so important. And we've got we've got organic ones, and when we've yeah. got or, inorganic ones, and I use the, um, the inorganic is what I use, but well. everybody has their own idea, but they work. And if you, but the whole key is doing it right and preventing the fungus instead of curing it after you get it. It is just so tempting to see the label on a peach or a plum or a pear or an apple and you see that big juicy fruit you think if i just plant this tree in a year or so i'm going to have those big apples peaches pears and plums but it never says much about the whole care maintenance and pest prevention rigmarole that you and, have to and get it's into just, to do it's it. just a routine you get in it's not a big deal and right. it's not hard to do you know it doesn't take more than maybe 10 minutes one of the best things you can ever do is simply to rake out the old leaves and the That's dropped right. fruit from underneath the plant and put new new 
mulch down there. Mulch down every year. That's Good right. sanitation. That's what we try to do. Great sanitation so you don't have to spray any fungicides. I think you're right, but I do think you do have to spray. Yeah, that's pretty important. If you need details, you can also you can always talk to a pipe professional there at the nursery. There's always somebody hanging around the chemical and organic pesticide area. Or you can go to my website and just type in IPM. It That's stands right. for Integrated Pest Management, which is one of the ways to minimize how much uh, right. uh, pesticide you have to spray, and you can get some details on how to care for your fruit and trees. If you do you apples or pears, you need to have two different varieties to get really good yield. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's important. You know, one of the things that I think I wrote about, maybe on my Facebook post earlier this week, was if you have an apple tree, you do have to have another variety, as you say, Mm -hmm. that blooms around the same time. But crab apples make fabulous pollinators for apple trees. It doesn't affect the fruit, the taste, or anything else. But crab apples bloom for a long time, and so they're always blooming somewhere in your yard to pollinate the single apple that you have room for in the yard. Well, you know, I learn something every day because I did not know that. Crab apples are one of the greatest pollinators And they're like universal apples. pollinators yeah, exactly. for all the... Univer- like blood types. It's a universal uh, pollinator for everybody. Get a crab apple, oh. Donald Wyman or one of the pretty crab apples, That's and uh, let that be the pollinator. Very interesting. Um, the yellow delicious is a good apple pollinator. Uh-huh. And the yellow delicious apples off your tree don't taste like the ones from the grocery store. How would you say they taste better? I think they're much better. Oh, yes, they are. Yeah, because I don't like yellow delicious apples from the grocery yeah. store. <clears throat> but from um, off the tree, they're great because they're much firmer and, you know, they've got a little tart. Yeah. They're good. Yeah. So how about classes? we got any classes going We've on? We've got one this morning uh, on shade gardening. And that's at 9 or 10? It's at 9. So 9 o'clock. Got to hurry up if you're getting on your way to that's go to right. Pike Nursery. 9 o'clock, shade gardening, all the plants that Pike sells that are good for shady locations like that's ferns right. and hostas and azaleas and everything. And how to care for them and how to plant them and how to fertilize them and all that good stuff. Of course, if you buy a fruit tree, 20% off, we want to start it out on the right road to success. So some Sure Start, one of the starter fertilizers. That's right. That'd be good stuff. All right. So Mickey Gasway, let's repeat. Birdhouses are on sale, 20% off just because we love you, and we're going to have that at Pike Nurseries. And then the fruit trees, they're 20% off as a Pike Pick for the weekend. And we're going to have the class at 9 o'clock this morning for everybody to come and learn about, um, what did you say the class Shade was? Garden. Shade gardening. Oh, that little mental breakdown right there, <laughs> Mickey. So there you go. There it is. And if you need to know where your local Pike is located and other details about programs they offer, where would we look, Mickey? PikeNursery.com. Of course. It's great talking to you. See you Thank next Saturday. You, Walter. You have a good day. You too, Mickey. Bye-bye. See you then. It's 841. We've got Karen on the line from Ackworth. Karen, hey, good morning. Good morning. How can I help, my friend? Well, I had a problem with my tomatoes and peppers last year. Yeah. And I called a county agent up in Bartow County, and he said it was probably southern blight. Yeah, they're late and blight. Yeah, it could be southern blight. It could be blight, late blight. There's a couple of blights. Blight powder stuff right at the soil line. Oh, yeah, exactly. Good, good diagnosis. And, uh, he gave me a name of something to purchase and told me two or three places it should have it, and they had never heard of it. And hmm. I forgot the name, so I went by Pikes this past week, and they had some stuff that uh, was mostly a sulfur base yeah. that you just spray on it. He said I needed to dip the roots in mm. whatever this stuff was, and... Uh, now I don't know which way to go, whether spray or dip. Southern blight is a soil-borne disease, and that's why you see all those little white ball sclerosure kind of things at the base of the of the plant. My feeling is that if you're watering the plant correctly and not allowing water to stand around the base of the tomato plant, you'll rarely have southern blight. So 
my feeling is you can do more with uh, just the good environment and planting the plant in the first place rather than having to dip it or spray it or drench it or do anything else with the fungicides. So, you know, quite frankly, what I would do, Karen, is to go out and dig the row that I do it today. Dig the row that you're going to plant the tomatoes in. Um, put some good, yeah, if you can find some of that soil perfector that pike sells or permatill that makes the ground drain real fast, boy, that would be fabulous. Because if the tomato is up on a little bit of a mound in fast-draining soil, I don't think it has a chance of getting southern blight. Well, I, I put them up on a, a mound all the time anyway. Good, 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 good. great. <clears throat> and, but I did water them quite a bit last year. Mm, but at least back. about 50% of them died, and I've never had this problem before. Yeah. Cut back on the watering. Maybe even go and in investing in a drip hose, one of those recycled rubber hoses that drips all yep. along the length of it, and well, use I that. 3,000 feet of that. Woohoo! Uh, just try to keep the foliage dry and the soil from being soggy. That's the goal, I guess, in tomato growing is don't let the foliage get real wet for much of the summer and uh, and don't let the soil stay soggy around the base of the tomato. Okay. Uh, I have another question. Yeah, make it quick. we got 32 seconds here now. And I'll take two of them. All right. Um, go for it. My children bought me two knockout roses for Father's Day last oh, yeah, year. Yeah, sure. And I put them out, and they just continued to shrink. I put three and one on them when I set them out, mm. and I don't know what else to do. They're just sitting there shrinking. Something is going wrong with the soil preparation. Knockout rows should be exploding. After you've planted it for Father's Day, it should be double in size by the fall. So... You know, that's another thing you could do this, this uh, afternoon, Karen, is you could go dig up the knockout roses, re-dig the soil around them, and replant them in place. They don't care whether you dig them up now. They don't have any leaves on them, so they don't really mind being dug up and moved a little bit. But that's what I would do. I would dig up the area where they're planted, make the soil nice and nice, loose, maybe add some soil conditioner to it, plant them back in the same place. And hopefully that will get them out of the, the knockout rose blues and they'll be blooming for you real nicely in the summertime. Get some uh, fertilizer. A little rose fertilizer wouldn't hurt to put a little bit in there right now as you're redigging the hole. At 845, we've got Tom in Hampton who joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Tom, good morning. Good morning. I'm in Canton. Canton? Yeah, right, in Hampton, Georgia. We know where Hampton is. But I'm in Canton. Oh, Canton, Georgia. Excuse me. Well, it says Hampton on my screen. Ashley Frasca. I'm 0 for 2 today. 0 for 2, messing up the days. All right, <laughs> okay. so, Brother Tom, have, what can we do for I you? I have 15 acres, and the garden's on one side. And the place that uh, I could plant a lot of flowers would be not near the garden. I'm trying to find out how close flowers have to be for bees to, to for all the flowers that I'd like to plant mm. to help the garden so that i got bee pollination for the garden without to try right. to plant them. they got to be planted within five feet? Or, no, you know, no, no, no. But I wouldn't go 100 feet away. I don't think the bees are going to fly 100 feet to your vegetable garden. This is something that I will just confess, Tom, before I even say an answer that I'm pulling it straight out of my pants legs. I have no idea whether whether five feet or 10 feet is better for, plant, for bees to be attracted to your vegetable garden from your flower beds. I'm going to just pull it out and say 5 to 15, I'm sure, would be fine. Bees can go 5 or 15 feet. 100 feet, too far. Okay, what about earlier talking about the apple pollination? Is that for bees, crab apple flowers and bees? or do they Yeah, oh yeah, because the bees, the bees will be out by apple flowering time and crab apple flowering time. Sure, the bees will be out running around, sure. But, 
So the crab apple that's an acre away is helping the apple that's acre away. I don't know if I'd go that far. I would say the crab apple needs to be within 50 feet of okay. an apple tree. That's what I was trying to find out. I'm not really wanting to raise bees, but I do want to encourage them. But, Tom, I because you're my friend, I have something that you can take to the bank and use this information for it. I was at a dinner meeting the other night with a company called Crown Bees, C-R-O-W-N-B-E-E-S. You can look it up on the Internet. And Crown Bees sells bee houses and individual bees themselves that are not honeybees, that are the native wild bees that are fabulous pollinators. They're called mason bees. There's blue orchard mason bees that you can put little, I've got four or five maybe now on top of or on the side of my shed behind the house. And these mason bees can live in these little tube nests that you put up on the wall. They don't sting. They're not like honeybees. All they require is cleaning the nest out at the end of the year and maybe taking the cocoons out that you'll overwinter inside the house. But if you want something that will really contribute to pollination, consider getting some orchard mason bees. And again, Crown Bees is a company that I had dinner with the other night. I'm sure there are other people that sell the bees in the bee houses too. But look around and see if you want to get involved with that, because that is much less work than working with honeybees. And they pollinate even better than honeybees do. Okay, got that? All right, it's 848, and you're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade from Atlanta's Morning News on WSB. Our 24-hour news center delivers updates four times an hour all weekend. Depend on it. We'll be here Monday morning, 4.30 till 9, for breaking news and traffic and weather every six minutes. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Basically, partly to mostly cloudy today, chilly all day long. Not going to have a lot of sunshine to warm things up. No rain, though. No rain, snow, sleet. Predicted today, high in the mid-40s, and the low over the evening in the low 30s. Stay tuned. At last, most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And Jose in Lawrenceville joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Jose, good morning. Well, good morning to you, Walter. How are you doing? I'm fabulous. How can I help? Well, I'm just starting to come out of hibernation, and I was (laughs) looking at my gardenia bushes. Yeah, yeah. And... I was wondering whether it's too early or too late to to trim them trim them down a bit. I think it's fine. I think it's fine to do it today. Okay, great. I mean, well, there's more you know, than more uh, than. I didn't have too many blossoms on them last year. Right. Uh, and um, they're about uh, I don't know maybe five or six foot tall. Didn't they get pretty frozen by the cold weather last year? Uh, not really. Not really. Uh, and the ones now, I know it's an evergreen type bush. But they're looking fine now, not uh, not uh, wilted out with the cold or anything. So, and you say you need to prune them now for what reason do you need to prune them? Well, I'd like to shape them a little bit. Yeah, I think shaping is going to be fine. I don't think I'd cut them down to six inches tall. Oh, no. But uh, shaping, sure, shouldn't be any problem. It should not affect too much of the bloom that you're going to get this summer. Okay, great. Well, that'll be fine. All right, then. Thank you, Walter. You bet, Jose. Thanks for calling. All right. Bye-bye now. Another plant that can be pruned today to keep you outside and get your little blood running around in your arms and legs and feet is pruning roses. Maybe a little more blood than you want running down your fingertips if you don't have gloves. But today would be a great day to prune roses. And one of the things about rose pruning that is important to, I guess, notice as you're getting out there and get ready to do it is the rose shrubs have little red buds. They're very easy to see. We had just enough warm weather for the buds to start swelling up. And you can see on the rose stems which direction the buds are pointing. 
and for reasons I won't really get into right now, but it's best to make a pruning cut above a bud that is pointing outwards. It's pointing away from the center of the bush. And so if you've got a knockout rose, let's say, and you've got it six feet tall and you haven't pruned it at all and you'd rather it be down three, four feet maybe, today would be a day to make the pruning cuts, but try to make all of your pruning cuts just above a bud facing outward. Any dead limbs, of course, they can go away. We don't need dead limbs on the rose bush. And uh, if you have any that just make it look sort of uh, too heavy to one side. You can thin them out a little bit to make the rows, make any knockout rows be very uh, symmetrical and look real nice. But the bud's facing outside. That's the best thing you can do for it. And while you're out there, let's replace the uh, mulch underneath roses. We talked to Mickey a minute ago and talked about good sanitation. And apples and pears and roses are all part of the same family. And they do get a bunch of leaf diseases that are held in the soil. And so by replacing the mulch, giving nice clean mulch underneath the roses or the apples or the pears, you run much less risk of having diseases on the leaves later on in the summertime. If you need more details, go to my website at walterreeves.com. If you didn't get your questions answered today, that's another place you could go. Just type one or two words in the search line, and uh, you'll get an answer of something. I've written about it in the last 20 years. And also, while you're there, you might as well follow me on Facebook. You follow me on Twitter as well and get information that I post every couple of days during the week about garden observations and tasks and things like that. It's been great this morning to have Ashley Frasca screening calls and doing such a great job keeping us all happy and alive and scott maxson the genius with music doing a fabulous job chicken music potato music we got everything you need for gardening music on the lawn and garden show i'm walter reeves i am the georgia gardener and i'll be back next saturday another another edition of the lawn and garden show and we will see you then